And welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 207 for the week of January 30th, 2011. The newest addition to the Disney Cruise Line fleet, the Disney Dream, took her maiden voyage this past week, welcoming thousands of passengers aboard this modern classic vessel that blends elegance with contemporary design and technological innovations found nowhere else. I had a chance to sail on the inaugural cruise and experience all that the dream had to offer. And this week, I'm joined by Deb Wills and Becky Mankin as we bring you our roundtable discussion from On Board the Dream, where we review the ship's features, amenities, entertainment, dining, and everything else from stem to stern. I'll have a few announcements and then play some of your voicemails at the end of the show So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Largest addition to the Disney Cruise Line fleet, and one that certainly has garnered much attention recently, is obviously the all-new Disney Dream. I had a chance to spend a few days on her maiden voyage, and a couple days prior on her christening voyage, and uh, it has been nothing short of spectacular. Uh, As difficult as it is to sort of convey the cruise experience uh, with a spoken word, we are going to try and do our best, and tonight... Joining me on Deck 11 outside the Cove Cafe, not in the hot tub, but near the hot tub, <laughs> is, of course, my friend and yours, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Van Travel. Hey, Lou. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to be on this ship, and I can't wait to talk about it. And a woman who needs no introduction, you know her as Deb Hot Tub Wills from <laughs> AllEars.net. <laughs> Hey, Lou, Becky, this is just going to be a great evening talking about this amazing ship, and uh, let's get started. Yeah, we all had the opportunity. We were invited by Disney to join them on her christening cruise last week, and it was nothing short of a whirlwind. There was so much to do and so much to see. Certainly couldn't cover it in a day and a half, and that's why I wanted to wait a little while till we had the opportunity to come back and spend four days on her. Still not enough. Uh, to, to really experience all that the ship has to offer. You know, this is the first 
new ship as part of the Disney Cruise Line fleet in more than a decade. Now the Magic and Wonder are known as the classic ships, um, and that sort of also carries over that idea of the classic ship design with modern technology. We'll certainly get to that. 40% larger than the Magic and Wonder, and I know one thing that we've all been talking about is having cruised on those vessels before you both so much more than I have. Uh, There's something very familiar about this ship, although it is much larger and uh, a lot of new differences as well. The uh, big difference that you'll notice if you're a repeat cruiser is that the hallways don't go from aft to forward uh, nonstop. There's a lot of you can't get there from here, and you have to redirect either through a rest, uh, eatery or you have to go up one staircase and down another to get to certain places. And, and please don't try and find the Outlook Cafe because <laughs> I can't tell you how long it took me to find that, and I'm not sure I can get back there. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's definitely been an adventure. I still am not quite sure sometimes how I get to my cabin, but I have an, end up there eventually. Right, but I keep saying it's oddly familiar because if you have been on the Magic of the Wonder, you still feel like you are on a very familiar ship. And you're not going to get lost unless you're looking for the Outlook Cafe or Vibe, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. But you really do feel like you're at home. If you know the other two ships, you at least know kind of the direction of the theater. You know what the Cove Cafe kind of looks like. You know where the, the pool is going to be. Uh, many of the restaurants and the shopping. Uh, the very familiar Walt Disney um, picture that's out for the Walt Disney Theater as well. A lot of the same aspects, but so much different that pluses it up. I didn't even know there was an Outlook Cafe. I just find myself in in evolution every night and and on deck 11 every morning. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is so much larger. It's two decks taller than the other ship, but it's not... I didn't get a sense that it's overwhelming in size. I mean, there's still... uh, One of the things I liked about this, and we'll sort of talk about some of the specific points about the ship itself, but one of the things I liked were there were so many wonderful little nooks and crannies and, for lack of a better term, gathering spaces. And it, we're in one of those right now. We're on uh, Deck 11 in the adult section outside the Cove Cafe. We're by, not in the hot tub that you hear behind us, but there's a great little seating area here. And there's many of these scattered throughout the ship both inside and out on deck. Mm -hmm. And not to mention the bar that has the seats in the water that, of course, was one of the main focal points that I saw when I came to the adult areas. Like, yep, I'm going to be there eventually. Have I made it there? No. So I have a feeling in February we might have to test out those bar stools. But, yeah, you're right. There are so many little nooks and crannies. There are small spaces where a lot of people will go, gather, sit, talk, read books, uh, that it doesn't feel crowded. One of my favorite small spaces that I came across was outside of the district. The district is the adult-only area. It's a series of bars and nightclubs, lounges, very, very classy, very different than the magic and the wonder. Well, outside, you can find these small, quaint, intimate seating areas as well. So if you want to get out of the hustle and bustle, if the bar is really crowded, you can step out there and enjoy the evening with your cocktail. You notice that every conversation for you involves a bar and a cocktail. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't judge. But but you're right. And you know, in a way, I almost hate to give away some of those spaces because yeah. we find, a, you know, we found another one uh, yesterday as we were walking around. But the whole time, from the christening cruise to the inaugural cruise, the two words that come to mind when I think about the ship are surprises, like some of these places that we're finding, and the use of technology. And a lot of times, those surprises and technology very much come hand in hand and I've been watching the guest reactions to things as much as I've been watching and enjoying just cruising on my own. 
The technology is incredible. We have a lot to talk about in that arena. All the way from the simple, most basic things, which is like your key card. You no longer do you have to get your key card out and, and wonder which direction you have to slip it in the hole to make sure to, to unlock your door. You pretty much now, just like a, a security key card area in any business, uh, like in a, a, a business building, you just hold it up and it unlocks the door, which is very cool. So you don't even have to take it out of your lanyard. You just hold it up against it. One of the simple things that, that, that they've added that will make the guest experience so much better. And I think there's a lot of those little things like, aha, they'd certainly learn from what they were doing with the Magic Wonder earlier. Absolutely, and getting off the ship today, a castaway key. Again, you don't have to pull your key card out. You just put it up to the little sensor, and bam, you're out of the ship, and the same thing when you come back on. The use of technology, they were taking group photos for photo IDs at uh, the port when we embarked on the ship, and that ties into the whole face recognition, the brand-new shutters photography area, which is very, very high-tech. Yeah, and... and you know, the, the difficult thing about trying to review the Disney dream in a single show is that we can't do it um, because I think we could spend an hour just talking about the technology in some of those different areas. But we certainly want to hit uh, some of those points. But you brought up the key cards. Let's talk about um, some of the that's related to the staterooms and sort of the design and changes to the staterooms. Again, the idea of marrying the classic transatlantic vessel with the modern technology is definitely here. What sort of differences do you see in the stateroom? Certainly we'll get to the virtual porthole because that's a, a whole separate thing. Well, one of the first things you'll notice, if you walk in the door, you're going to wonder where the lights are. <laughs> and what you have to do, it's very European, I'm told, you need to take your key card that you just flashed across the sensor to get in and now put it in a slot. And that slot will turn the lights on. One of the things we found is that when you're ready to leave, you have to make sure if there's others still in the cabin and you're pulling your card out, that you put someone else's card right in. The other thing is there seems to be a little, um, there's about 30 to 60 seconds of ambient light left in the cabin itself, but when you pull that card out, the lights in the bathrooms go completely out (laughs) immediately. So lots of surprises for your cabin mates and family and friends. She is a woman who obviously speaks from experience. Pretty much. It sounds like it. Another thing that's somewhat tied to the cabin, we'll get back to that in a second, but I do want to mention one of the things that made me so happy about the key cards and the technology, we no longer have to wear our life jackets to the muster station, which made me thrilled because I always hated that part. You know, it's nice to know where you're supposed to go, but not wearing those funky little orange things. It just was bad and wrong on so many levels. But in the uh, staterooms themselves, some of the differences are some it's differing opinions. One thing, the beds no longer separate. There's a good and a bad. Some people think that it's very good because you no longer have that dip in the middle between the two beds that would normally join together. And it's actually very comfortable. It's one of the most comfortable beds at sea that I've, I've experienced. However, of course, if you have uh, families who aren't sharing the bed, you can't separate them out. So you really do have to be much more careful about your choices of your stateroom. One thing about that bed as well is underneath, they no longer have um, blockage underneath. They've actually raised the bed so you can easily put your luggage underneath it for easier storage. That was one of the things that I noticed, especially when I came with my family on the christening cruise. My wife packs like she's going away for six months. (laughs) You know, just in case we get have to stay at Castaway Key, she's prepared. But we like the fact that you can put stuff under there 
it gave you almost a, a sense that there was a little bit more room. Just don't forget that stuff is under there. I almost did that. There was one, one extra bag that I bought, and I'd forgotten about it, and I had to just remind myself to look under to make sure I got everything. And there's a lot of little things, too, as far as um, subtle changes in the decor and theming. Now there's obviously flat panel TVs in the rooms, and they still have the split bathrooms for people who've never cruised before. You've got the, the two separate bathrooms, which... Um, I think a lot of people like, especially if you're traveling with a family. Right, that's one of the biggest innovations that Disney brought to the to the table when they first did the the cruise line 12 years ago, 10 years ago, however long it is now. Um, they did that split bath, which was so convenient for families, especially. So to have them follow up with that and then add on newer, later, greater things that that enhance the guest experience, it really is kind of cool. We talked about the the shift in bookings for the Disney Dream because it's always been about outside cabins, portholes, <laughs> verandas. The first thing that's, that goes now are the inside staterooms because people are fascinated by, and this will lead us to that conversation about technology, is the virtual porthole. I stayed in an outside cabin for the christening. I stayed in an inside cabin by myself for the, um, for the inaugural cruise. And it's one of those, how did nobody think of that oh, before? It's so, so simple, but so brilliant. And just being able to look out, especially during the day, having the animated characters come by randomly is a bonus. And Deb, you're staying in one on this cruise? I am, absolutely. I love the porthole, the virtual porthole, because the cameras are around the ship, front, aft, and forward, and you can see what's happening. So on embarkation day, we could actually see Port Canaveral. Today, when we were docked at Castaway Key, we got to see part of the island. We could even see the tram running back and forth, uh, bringing guests to other parts of Castaway Key. So that part was really, really neat. Um, What's a little... Oh, and you do have an on-off switch for the (laughs) porthole. Folks have asked that question, and there's absolutely no sound that I've been able to detect as well. You'd almost have to be staring nonstop or set up the video camera at the porthole to figure out when the animation comes, uh, because it's not often, and some of them are as quick as five or six seconds, and others go on for about 15 or 20 seconds. It'll keep the kids occupied for hours. And adults, too. I mean, come on. Absolutely. And since we're talking uh, technology in the stateroom, the phones are new. Instead now of pressing, you know, five or six digits, there's a little Rolodex on the phone electronically for guest services, wake-up call, room service, those types of things. Uh, Once you get used to it, it's very, very easy to use. And, uh, of course, we have wave phones now, which uh, I can't really talk to because we only had one in our cabin. But I know Becky's had them and and used them, and they're great walkie-talkies on the ship, and they also work on Castaway Key. Yeah, that is actually a very cool innovation. I think that there's some room for improvement in that area, but it is much better than trying to track somebody down by running up and down the decks to find somebody. You're, you have two-way phones in your standard staterooms, and you dial the stateroom number, then one or two behind it. So you have to know who's carrying number one and who's carrying number two, which can sometimes be a little confusing. You can also text on them. Um, we've had some challenges. Uh, there's, they don't ring out loud. They do, they're in a vibrate mode, so you have to make sure you have them in your pocket or somewhere you can feel it. Otherwise, you're not going to know you're being contacted. Um, there's some areas where to see if you've missed a call, it's kind of daunting to work your way through it. But I think with some, some tweaking here or there, this is a great idea for ships. I think it's a brilliant idea because, again, you can not only call each other, you can call guest services, you can call the health center, you can make a spa appointment, whatever it is. If you have kids who are in the Oceaneers Club or Oceaneers Lab, you no longer have to have a pager that pages you if Johnny needs to be picked up. 
if Becky can't find the bar, they can they can <laughs> call you now and say, Becky can't find the bar. Please help her get to where she needs to be. Um, uh, I, I think oh, it's wow. a brilliant idea. Um, I think, and I'm relatively tech savvy. I think um, the phone interface is a little wonky. It's a little mm-hmm. tough to go through. I, maybe I should have read the instructions, but uh, if you imagine maybe like a Nokia cell phone from five or six years ago, that's where it is. I think what we're going to see is the next generation. My two cents, for whatever it's worth, uh, as long as you're going to potentially charge people $250 if they lose it, it makes perfect sense to give everybody an iPod Touch. <laughs> or a droid. <laughs> so you're going to give everybody an iPod Touch. Um, Steve Jobs, get better soon. But you cannot only have a much easier interface to yeah. call each other. It's a visual interface that anybody of any age can use. Plus, as long as you've got it, you can put the navigator on there. You can put the deck plans on there. You can send out push notifications. Hey, don't forget, Deb, you've got your hot stone spa massage at <laughs> Senses for the fourth day in a row at 12 o'clock. But it offers a lot more opportunity for mm-hmm. using that technology and things you can do. Um, interactive games. We'll talk about some of the, the, the midship detective agency. But having everything on devices that the whole family can carry around um, easy upgrades too. Right, and it seems that maybe this Wayphone idea is just something to see if people will respond to it and maybe that's the next step. If they get to that point where people are using them, they really think that there's value to it. They're not spending, they're not getting a whole bunch of complaints at guest services because 90% of the ship is paying $250 to replace it. Maybe that's where they go. Again, I think it's uh, the first iteration of probably what they have planned for the future. When we start, start talking about technology, people start thinking instantly about things like the virtual porthole because that's what we hear a lot about. That was a big, um, a big thing is when the ship was announced. When I came on for the christening cruise, I spent uh, a good portion, relatively speaking, of my time in the Oceaneers Club and the Oceaneers Lab. Not just because I met the height requirement, but because I was fascinated <laughs> by the use of technology in those spaces. My kids went in. Quick aside story, uh, my kids went in in the morning, we took our way phone, I'm out with my wife, we had dinner, we went to the district, we stayed at the district, we continued to stay at the district, and it's 11.30 and she looks down at the way phone, she says it must be broken because I haven't heard from the kids yet, and she left, fearing that she missed the call when the kids were having such a good time there, uh, they did not want to leave, and that's what a lot of parents are finding here, is that they are given a lot of adult time because the kids were in there from... The interactive play floor to the turtle talk with crush-like screens to the ceiling to the different pods off the main area themed to Monsters, Inc. You enter Andy's room, Finding Nemo. There's a mini pixie hollow there. And then the area between the club and the lab where there's a lot of interactive crafts and they make the food that they're going to eat that night. Uh, It's just, I mean, again, we could do a two-hour show just on that. And I'm going to post some videos about this as well because you can't really speak to it without mm-hmm. understanding it. It's very immersive. That's the thing is the kids really get engaged. And for a second, to heck with kids. I remember we had a couple of hours in there where we got to walk around and play with things. And you sat down at one of the things where you dock the ship, I seem to remember. And you were so enthralled with what was going on. It was a great game. And I kind of wish that we had access to it a little bit more. But the kids' areas are, are very plussed up. And the dress-up areas and the Pixie Hollow. And, and when you say Andy's room, it just sounds kind of... It, 
it's really hard to put in words without actually seeing it because you really are a toy that has been shrunk down and you are really in Andy's room and you are really, again, immersed in the experience. One of the things that families are really going to enjoy, difference between the wonder and the magic and the new dream, is that the Oceaneer Club and the Oceaneer Lab are a contiguous space. So that before, if you were in X age group, you had to go into the club. And if your brother or sister was in the older age group, you had to go into the lab or vice versa. And there really wasn't a whole lot of mingling. Now it's all in one space. It flows. So it's whatever you want to do. If you're 10 years old, but you happen to want to do something that the eight-year-olds are doing, you can go to that space, vice versa as well. So siblings, friends, cousins can all stay together, which makes it a much nicer experience. And again, what takes place in that workshop, that center area, is very much hands-on art projects and science projects. So again, mom and dad, kids, you can, you can pull them out of school because they're going to learn. They're going to learn while they're on. <laughs> they're going to learn to build flubber. I mean, come on, that's, that's got to be worth something when they return to school, right? But the experiences that are in there, I liked because many of them were physical. The kids are up, they're jumping around, they're running around. And it's not just, hey, kids, go in and play. They're all counselor-led, uh, very highly trained. I mean, I had such a sense of security letting my kids stay and play in there. But there's also a lot of computers and virtual reality. So whatever your child might be into, whether it is running around. My, my son supposedly stayed in Andy's room and Monsters, Inc. the entire time, <laughs> while my daughter liked doing a lot more of the hands-on creative stuff. So um, an incredible space. I think an incredible leap forward probably from what you find uh, on some of the other ships. And if you have littler ones, um, the It's a Small World Nursery for little kids up to age three can stay there as well. Obviously a very different space, separated. Security is... you. You drop off your kid, you only pick up your kid. You can't take home extras, not that you would probably <laughs> want to. But at $6 an hour, it's less than what you're going to pay a babysitter at home. Uh, it's, a, it's, again, a very great, fun space with... They're not just babysitters. They're almost, you know... They're, they're, they're highly trained and they're, they're counselors. Right, exactly. And for those who are familiar with the space on the Magic and the Wonder, on the Dream, it is bigger. The area is much bigger for the nursery area. There's a private area for mothers who need to nurse and so forth in the back. It's very private and secure. I, I think it's a fabulous, fabulous space. Both the, all, all the kids' spaces are great here on board. And that's what this ship is about. You know, people talk about cruising and Disney Cruise. They say, oh, you know... I don't have a family. I don't want to go on a cruise with with millions of screaming kids. And it's so not like that because the spaces are separated, not just for the little ones, not just for the ages 3 to 10 or 3 to 14, but the tweens and teens have Edge uh, for tweens who are ages 11 to 13 and Vibe for 14 and 17. Vibe is a club. It's 9,000 square feet. Again, it's that use of technology and entertainment. They have their own private outdoor decks so they can they can, they've got their own so pool i so wish i was a kid again um there's <laughs> games that they play there's a place that they could eat and socialize i went in there as well again those interactive experiences a little movie theater in there again it's it's sort of they feel like they're on their own cruise yes and you're going to get that with your teenagers obviously i remember my teens and i remember i wanted nothing to do with anybody and believe it or not vibe is really providing that space as a matter of fact when we were back there we were all thinking okay we're going to have to charter this ship so we can go play in this space they have one of the things that really impressed me was they had these areas in the wall that were cut out in in kind of um, egg shapes and you can actually sit in there and they had a, a screen 
that it was your own private little cubby hole with a screen that you can watch movies on. There was an iPod deck, or, or dock, sorry, docking station so that you could listen to your own music. You had your own private space and you didn't need to talk to a soul if you didn't want to. Or you could go out to the, the private sun deck for the, the teens. So I'm kind of jealous of uh, the spaces that they have. But what I saw was kids who were here by themselves, very social environment, easy to interact without having to oh, worry yeah. about mom and dad sitting at the table with you while you're having dinner. That's your place to just yeah. do what you want. Again, completely safe environment. Absolutely. And you can only visit it as a guest on embarkation day up till about 6 p.m. <laughs> I haven't yet to go see Vibe, but I went into the edge the other day. And, oh, my gosh, for tweens, this is an amazing space. Not only is there, like, a 2 billion-inch uh, Wii screen <laughs> that's available to do Wii activities and games, but they also have a green room where they can videotape that um, I think there might be an ESPN spot, and I forget the other one, but you can actually videotape yourself in these uh, real-life experiences and then go into the editing room, fix your tape, and then make your CD. I mean... Wow, who wouldn't want to do that? And that's really the thing. You know, Disney is all about coming on as a family. Listen, I drove from New Jersey to Florida every year. There's, it's great to spend time with your family. There's also sometimes too much time with the family. So you meet up for dinner, but everybody sort of goes their own separate way. And I've talked to, you know, I would meet some of the teenagers in the elevators, and they are just having a blast, and they just feel very independent and mom and dad don't have to worry about them going anywhere uh the thing that has really impressed me obviously because i'm spending all my time there (laughs) so much are the adult spaces uh we the magic and the wonder also have in the front of the ship you've got uh your own pool you've got the cove cafe becky loves the swim up bar although you haven't actually swum up to it sort of just sort of meandered your way around it um (laughs) There's a private hot tub here. There's all these seating areas. Uh, there's also a separate deck, again, for adults only. But really the difference for me has been the district. Uh, on the Magic and Wonder, there are sort of nightclub and bar spaces, but the district represents, I think, a whole big leap forward. Absolutely. This is the first time on a Disney cruise ship where I actually felt like something was really designed for the adults to enjoy themselves. You have all types of lounges available, and each one into itself is not real large, except for Evolution, the big club. But you can go into the Skylight Lounge, and every 15 minutes, the music changes, the background changes, some of the photos on the back wall change. And one minute you're in Hong Kong, the next minute you're in Chicago listening to Frank Sinatra. And they have a whole host of specialty drinks designed for each of the cities as well. You can leave there if you want. You want a different cocktail, go into Pink, which I have found. That's, I think that's my <laughs> comfort place. Although I do wish there was a wine bar on, on board. But they do have some really neat wines in Pink. And it's a champagne bar. Lots, Again, lots of cozy spaces where you can meet up with your friends and family and just sit around two, four, six, eight of you. A really unique experience. And you definitely feel as though you're in an adult area, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, it is, it's definitely adult-only, uh, and it's, it's very much segregated but easy to, for lack of a better word, bar hop. Not that I ever did that during college, but you could sort of... And when you walk in, you walk down this red carpet, and there's flashing bulbs making you feel as though you're... And when you walk in, there's a very relaxed sort of lounge, the district lounge, and there's a bar. So if you just want to hang out and chat, you can do this. 
and sort of make your way. You can go into Pink, try a cocktail there without having to go back outside. You walk through a, a hallway, go into Skyline, which is a very hip, upscale, modern, dark wood club. We, also, we all like that a lot because, again, a very sort of relaxed atmosphere. Um, the technology both on the walls for the changing of the skyline to the interactive art, which we haven't even touched yet, that's in there as well. I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of evolution. <laughs> um, but well, uh, in, in skyline, too, it's not just a picture that's, that's back behind the bar. You actually see the cars moving. You actually see the, the lights in the buildings turning on and off. And it really is a, a very cool, hip place to just sit down and have your... Have your martini. And that's one of the surprises I was talking about before. You don't expect it when you walk in. I expect what I thought when I heard about it and saw that. I saw there'll be pictures on the walls and it'll change every night. But you hear the sort of Tinkerbell sound and the the pixie dust falls. And then you look around and wonder where you are and everybody's sort of watching um, and then potentially drinking for that city. Um, Well, yeah, and then you go to Pink again. Every single one of them has its own little surprise. Pink has some great drinks. I, I've, I, okay, I know, I know. Me in the bar, I get it, I get it. But it has a pink, a pink cocktail, which is a tropical that, yum, it's just good. But one of the surprises I found in there, I know, just don't, don't even go there. <laughs> one of the surprises I found was the acoustics in a couple of the areas where there's some shell seating that the acoustics are so wonderfully balanced that you sit 15 feet apart from somebody on the other end, you can whisper and hear what they're saying. It really is, again, a little bit of a magical surprise, and hopefully you're not saying the wrong thing. (laughs) So let me just get this straight. We've got Becky drinking in the bar, eavesdropping under the covers. Just so I know where I I should sit. But but Pink is a great space. Um, Everything is is champagne-based. Tattinger created their own special label of champagne, so everything has a champagne base to it. And look, Real men can drink pink. Um, you, I, I am comfortable enough in my manhood to drink out of a pink fluted glass. We haven't seen that yet, so apparently we're well, going to have to Well, some that people have, so it's, um, no video in pink, please. Um, but there's something for everybody. everybody you know, there's a, depending on what you want, so there's also 687, which is more right. of a pub and, and a sports bar. And if you want to sit there and play backgammon or watch the game, that's a great sort of very... Um, Masculine, you know, pink is a very feminine environment. Six, eight, seven, a little bit more of a masculine environment. Absolutely, plush leather chairs. It's a real step up from diversions on the Magic and Wonder. I mean, this is the ultimate sports pub for folks who want to watch games. And there are lots of big screen TVs, lots of munchies that you can have. And again, Disney has created on the Disney Dream lots of nooks and crannies for people to sit and converse and not just be in a large space staring at a TV screen. Everything is very interactive. Right. One of the differences with the Magic and the Wonder and the Dream is that when you we go into the nightclub space on one of the other ships, and I, I enjoy it, obviously, but when you walk past a huge space like Rock and Bar D, there wasn't a lot going on in there. And you would walk by and you would be looking for what was happening, what was exciting, where everybody was. And it was so large of a space that it seemed empty when there were 20 people in there. You didn't want to go in. So this space here really does make it several smaller areas, which I got to say, they could be a little larger just because we've had some, some challenges um, getting some seats in some places. But that's a good thing because that means they're popular, there are people there, they're enjoying it. It's, it's great for that. And the other uh, thing that we forgot to mention was out front, 
uh, right between Pink and 687 is that, uh, I don't remember the name of it, but they do have uh, live entertainment there at night. That's the little... Uh, lounge. The lounge the area. Lounge. Yeah, the district lounge. And it's nice to have that element of the, the live entertainment, kind of what um, the Preludes was before, and then being able to walk into Pink, and then being able to walk into Skyline, and then being able to walk into Evolution. It, it really is a beautiful flow. They did a good job. And there's like a little mini buffet out there, too, at night, which is awesome <laughs> oh, for me. But you know what people I have been talking about, too? In the clubs, and, and the, like, have you checked out the restrooms? Because the restrooms oh, yeah. have a very, they have a very oh, Vegas type feel to them. Um, is, you know, as long as you're comfortable with the frosted glass. But again, you don't get the sense that you're on a Disney ship. It's not Mickey Mouse and Tinkerbell everywhere. And the district, I think, is a, is a great example of that. They've really plussed it up, as we were talking about before. And this, the district lounge, when you walk in there, and the live entertainment, that's a little bit more open and larger space. Walked through last night, there are a lot of people enjoying the music in there. And, again, you hit the nail on the head, Lou. You feel like you're an adult in an adult space, which is very different than on the magic and the wonder. And, you know, speaking of space, when I first walked into Evolution... Uh, it's a very modern, very high-energy club. Why are you laughing at me, Becky Mankin? <laughs> because um, for some reason, that's where we've ended up every single well, night. Well, you know, some Lou Mangiello. It's a, it's a huge space. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a huge venue. Uh, again, a lot of modern lighting and the dance floor. They have evolution dancers come out at night. But again, if you want to very much unwind and let you listen, it's nice to see some mom and dads getting out there and doing their little cha-cha slide or whatever it might be. <laughs> Last night we saw a lot of different people. It just wasn't for the younger set. There were uh, folks, the, the, the more mature children of us, were out there too, out dancing and having a great time. So it's, it's really, they've done a really good job. They've done a really good job with that. I agree. Um, I can't say enough about that and how much I enjoy it. And, I, and I'm getting that sense from other guests as well. I think that's one of those surprises. But again, you know, going full circle, it is all about families. It's all about family entertainment. And before we even get to things that are going on on deck, let's sort of stay down below and talk about some of the, the family entertainment. Again, a surprise for me. Right outside the district, there is another very high-tech, very cool uh, lounge area that is for your entire family that they've got games. They do <clears throat> karaoke. I, listen, rumors you of my... Looking, I saw you looking at the list, Lou. I'm sorry. You were not going to be able to deny that. Rumors of my karaoke are greatly exaggerated, but it's that space that you can go to after dinner or before dinner and do stuff together as a family, and I've seen a lot of that, again, in a very high-tech environment. Yeah, and it, it was kind of fun because every time we've gone past there, there's been something else going on. We've, we've seen teenagers running through. We've seen karaoke, karaoke. You heard me on the karaoke part, right? Um, I don't like you. I know. I know you don't a bit. Um, the, the different lighting, it's, it's just a really nicely designed space. It's comfortable. It's a little eclectic. Um, it's, it's large. So it does look like one of the venues that's going to be a chameleon in a lot of ways. Another offering for families, which is new for the Disney Dream, is that there's a new program called You Can Cook. And they're offering this both for adults only and also for families. And I had wanted to get by yesterday, our sea day. Wasn't able to do that, but I heard some really good feedback from guests who were able to go as a family and cook some really fun food and then enjoy it together. You know, I missed the Anyone Can Cook presentation. I've been totally a part of the Anyone Can Eat. Uh, I'm, I'm totally down with that. I've got all the dining locations covered. Uh, and obviously, you know, you check your daily navigator. 
it's such a great thing because you can find out what's going on, things to do together as a family if you want. Uh, the other thing we should talk about too, something that I was impressed with on both The Magic and The Wonder was the nightly entertainment uh, in the Buena Vista Theater, which is, has, is much larger. It's now seats, I think, three ninety nine or so, much more comfortable seating in there. They show uh, first-run films. So here they're showing Tron Legacy and Tangled. <sighs> Becky Mankin has seen neither. But they're showing them in Disney Digital 3D. Oh, yeah. It's not just like a you know, tiny little theater. You're really going to the movies. Absolutely. The Buena Vista Theater is larger with all the new technology. The Walt Disney Theater, I was really impressed. It now has a balcony. It seats about 1,400 people, I believe. Um, They have said that they can put a Broadway show on there, that they have done all the behind the scenes and the backstage and the sound tech and all the lighting and everything. They can do whatever kind of show they want. And Separate, what sets Disney apart from many of the other cruise line is their nightly entertainment. And it's great for families. It's great for adults. Uh, it's just overall brings tugs at your heartstrings <laughs> because they always try and get you. And even the Golden Mickeys, which is an, an old favorite and classic, they have revamped for the Disney Dream. They have, I think, four new sections and pulled out a few of the older ones. New narration now. And it, it's just spectacular. Yeah, and they've, like I said, they've updated it with things like Tangled. There's also the Villains Tonight Show. We had a chance to be one of the first to see the brand new show created just for that, which was Disney's Believe, which, again, you forget that you are on board a ship because it is a Broadway-quality presentation. Each show lasts about an hour. There are usually three shows a night at uh, 5, 7, and 9 p.m. during each of the four-day cruises. But, uh, again, it's, it's in that typical Disney fashion where familiar characters and great music are coming out. And, you know, when I walked in to Believe and, and the hostess says, oh, I hope you brought your tissues because it's a cheerjerker. I'm like, come on, you can't do it to me again. But, but that's what you come to expect. Did you cry? I didn't cry. I had something in my eye. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Because I when... cried at Tron Legacy. So it's... Oh, <laughs> why does that not surprise me? Okay, anyway, just back on track. Um, Disney's always been known on The Magic and the Wonder for having those Broadway quality uh, shows. And, of course, we say that a lot, but we really mean it. The, the costuming, the music, the lighting, the pyro, everything is, is up to par of, of a Broadway stage. And they keep carrying on that legacy from the very beginning. Every time they roll out a new show, you still have that quality, and it's plussed up every single time. Well, they're also able to take advantage. And we had a chance to talk to the show designer and the technology producer. They're able to, to leverage the additional space they have, and we right. were able to get up on stage and see how deep and how oh. tall it is and how far below the stage it goes as well. Right. Several of the stages that you see on many of the typical cruise ships are don't have several wings and don't have several levels of, of um, drop-downs, which are the floors that go down and you load them up and bring them up. They have really thought through the design of this stage. It is to the level that they could do almost anything on those stages. Yeah, and, and I really, I really, really liked Disney's Believe because it was a great story to be told. It brought in familiar music and familiar characters, and I'm not going to give it away, but um, you know there are some parts that just totally steal the show. So, But it's not always about scheduled things to go do, to sit down to watch a movie, to sit down to go to a show, to sit down to do karaoke, because there's so much going on both in the Navigator and even not, and a lot of it takes place 
on and around deck 11. <laughs> this is the pool deck. Why are you laughing? Just because you haven't been in the no, pool yet. No, because I'm, I'm sitting here remembering the reason why I haven't seen Tangled yet, Nortron, is because... you're at the bar. I know. No, no, because I mean, been, there's so much to see and do on this ship. I haven't even been able to see uh, many of the shows that we're talking about, only because there's so much on the ship to experience. And a, a lot of it does come into the, the things that just spontaneously happen. For example, one of the special things that we got to see that was not scheduled was we had an announcement um, yesterday. The captain comes on and says, hey, in 10 minutes, off to our bow is going to be the magic as she's sitting at Castaway Key, and we're going to have like a, a horn off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing because the, the ship blew one horn and then the other horn went off and they were singing to each other, and that was 30 minutes of magic. It really was. Everybody was up on deck. You could feel the energy. It was neat to see the ship in port over at Castaway Key, and then to be here, it, it was a magical moment. It absolutely was. I was in Palo having brunch, and uh, Linda had looked up, and she goes, I think we're near Castaway Key. And then she was like, oh, my gosh, there's one of the ships. And I looked up, and it was the magic, and all of a sudden, the word spread throughout the restaurant, (laughs) and there was this huge flux of people who came over to the Florida ceiling windows, and everyone's looking out, and just a bunch of adults acting like kids. Here we are seeing the original Disney cruise ship, the Disney Magic at Castaway Key, and we're all getting very emotional and then realized, oh my God, all those people are looking at the Disney dream. How envious are they of us? And and it really was one of those. I'm getting chills again. And Captain Tom is panicking because 3,000 people right. are on the port side of the ship. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And the horn off was just amazing. And they did, I guess, about a 360 around. So no matter where you were on the Disney dream, you got to see the magic. And, and it was just a phenomenal sight. Yeah. And again, you know, most of the time, I think, especially when you're out at sea, is spent. And we haven't even talked about the destinations yet. No. But, you know, you're up on deck. Uh, there are two pools. There's a, a kid's pool. There's a family pool. Again, there's also the adult pool and the teens have their own pool. But midship on the dream, in between the two funnels, are the two pools. There's a stage. There's always shows going on. There's interactive things. Today, they were pulling up kids and they gave them air guitars and they were playing uh, you know, sort of a uh, like a camp rock off to you know boys versus girls, and up girls on the won. funnel vision. Of course, the girls won. Thank you. Of course, on funnel vision, they've got in super high def. You know, camp rock and Disney characters. They show Disney movies throughout the day. Today was like Hercules and Snow White, Emperor's New Groove. A lot of games going on. There's also you know you're lounging out. If you're an adult, your kids are close enough that you can lay in a lounge chair and relax. There's obviously waiter service. Becky, I know you like that. That comes over if you want to have a cocktail or have your lunch out on deck and watch your kids right there. And something new that they added, too, was uh, by the second funnel, an area specifically for some of the younger kids, a water play area themed to Finding Nemo. Oh, Finding Nemo. I want to run through that. I really do. You know, we talk about a lot what they have done, how innovative all of the spaces are, especially the kids' spaces. And there was nothing like that when I was growing up. You have almost every single character from Finding Nemo is a life-size sculpture that's sitting there, and the fountains are squirting up, and the kids are giggling, and there's water coming out of the different characters and water coming out of the walls. It's just an amazing, amazing, fun spot. And you never know when a character's going to come out and Mickey might walk by and there's, you know, little things. So there's so much unexpected 
but so much too that if you are more of a planner, when you get your navigator the night before, I think it's brilliant how they have it broken down because there's things for you know, families to do, for adults to do. If you're looking for characters, it tells you where you can find the characters throughout the ship, what's going to be playing in the theater, what's going to be playing on Funnel Vision. And they also break out the experiences for kids. So if you're looking for a story time type session or a character interaction, this is where you go and they've got a great sort of legend on the side so you can plan out your day as much or as little as you want. Something else they added in the aft section of the ship is a sports-themed area on decks 12 and 13. Again, Becky hasn't found that yet either. Uh, there's a basketball court up there. There is foosball out on deck. There are uh, sports simulators. So if you want to you know, do uh, you know, golf driving range, or there's a hockey, hockey simulation as well. There's also Goofy's miniature golf up there as well. Yeah, and we have to play that. We, we didn't get up there. We really have to play that because I, I think that that's like for the next Remy dinner has got to be played for mini golf. Just saying. Just saying. But one thing I do like about the pool deck, especially, and I think those of you with families are going to enjoy this, that they aren't separate. The family and the kids' pools are not in separate areas. They're right in the exact same location. So you can, if you have younger kids, you can keep an eye on them and still enjoy the family pool as well. And, you know, when I, when I was looking at the, um, the list of things to do, you know, people saying, well, what am I going to do? What, am I, what is it going to do for your days at sea? There is so much going on. So just for, as an example, for adults, there are things. There's a, a body conditioning and sunshine stretch in the morning. So if you do want to walk off your Remy meal, and trust me, you're going to need to if you make it into <laughs> Remy. Um, there's group cycling. So there's exercise things. There's a singles lunch creative crafts, there's music in the adult pool area, music trivia, uh, there's ESPN, like fantasy baseball, you know, draft things, there's trivia games, again, whether you want to do it alone, as a couple, with your family, you can do that as well, uh, speaking as, as, as someone who is one of a, of a couple, <laughs> and as long as we're up on deck, uh, I haven't been in there yet, but I know, I think at least one of you has been in the new census spa. Ah, the census spa. Uh, You're glowing as you said that. (laughs) It it is, I don't know how many square feet larger than the spa, Vista Spa on the Magic and the Wonder. All, again, all the newest technology and spa treatments. They do a whole host of things that I can't even address, but they have a new float seaweed uh, wrap massage, heated whatever that I had for about 110 minutes yesterday. Um, it, it, it was just amazing to get wrapped in seaweed on this float bed, and they push a button, and all of a sudden, instead of being on this hard surface, you just your body collapses into the water. I, I guess it's like what the sleep number bed was supposed to be, but it's, it's never done that for me. Uh, and you do that for 10 or 15 minutes, and then you come out, and you go shower, and all this is in the same room. Come back, get wrapped up in the uh, blanket again, and you float back into the bed, and then after that, you shower again, and then you can have a full or a half body body massage. And oh my gosh, the the spa therapist was really amazing. One of the things that I'm really impressed with is the rainforest room. It is so much different. 
it has the same body molding chairs that you don't want to get out of once you've molded yourself in them. And you have a view now. Instead of being in the middle of the ship with no windows, you can actually look out to the sea. So that leads out to a deck that has another hot tub out there that you can partake in. They have four different cold showers, and then they have three different steam rooms, I believe, three or four different steam rooms. Just a fabulous place to spend another you know, few hours on your sea day or other days than everybody else's in port. And in one of the couple's massage rooms, they also have a uh, wheelchair-accessible couple's massage room, which is really nice so that you can partake in there as well. I need to steam. I, I need to go for it. You know, I had a mani-pedi, but really I need to go in for the stone massage and the, the, and the steam. Um, we didn't do that. Research. We, I did not get into the spa for research. We so need to I'm cruise thinking. again. We need to cruise again. My well, wife no. wants to kill me at this point. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, your wife, you, you already promised a lot of things to your wife there. So, yes. Hot, hot stuff. She's had enough yeah. Pecos bill. I think she's ready to move yeah. on to, to the massage. So. Um, you know, again, we're just sort of scratching the surface on a lot of these things. You can't articulate how beautiful the sense of spa is and the kind of experience that you get. Not, It's not a Disney, you know, place. It's something that you'd find at a five-star hotel. Moving into the nighttime, we've talked about things like the district and the kids going off, but each night, too, on the cruise has somewhat of a theme to it. Uh, one of the biggest ones is pirate night. You come into your cabin in the morning, everybody's going to get a bandana. You can dress up like a pirate. It's great seeing families, really getting into it. Um, your your meal is pirate-themed, and when you come out on deck, there's a huge pirate party Again, filled with a lot of surprises and touches that only Disney can add. Yeah, and it's not the same pirate night that you would know and that you've come to know and love on the on the Wonder and the Magic. It's a little plussed up. I keep using that, but it's the same thing. It's familiar yet it's plussed up. Um, the nighttime spectacular. The, the other thing I want to say too about the pirate night. You don't have to dress up. Don't feel that you have to lug another uh, piece of luggage down here with your pirate costume because you don't have to. There's just several people that do. Other people just use the bandana and tie it around their neck or around their arm or around their head, and that's their pirate costume. But they've done a really good job here, again, of, of making something a little familiar, um, exceeding my expectations. One of the nice things, too, is the pirate party is split up into two segments, as we said. So if you have young children or you want to go to bed early, you can enjoy the early part, or you can stay up later after late dining and enjoy the fireworks. Another thing that Disney Pluses, which is always really nice, is the character meet and greets in the atrium on pirate night. Every every character is in their pirate or buccaneer garb, and then <laughs> great photo opportunities there. Yeah, that just brought up a whole nother... We could just keep doing this all night, I can tell, because one of the things I was really impressed with is the the princess um, meet and greet that they have, where all the princesses come out, and there are, what, six of them? I mean, Snow White, Belle... Um, Tiana. Uh, yes, Tiana is there. Belle. Aurora. Belle. Aurora. Um, <laughs> but it really is exciting. And the way it, they really put on a show in the atrium, and it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, I, I keep talking about and this was, it wasn't a concern, but before I cruised on the Disney Cruise Line, I wondered how they were going to be able to bring, pardon, the, the Disney magic to sea. You know, and now I find that they are able to sort of bring portions of that theme park experience here not just with the characters but with the shows with the play areas something for everybody to do too 
we're talking about deck 11, everybody's Lake Lou, would you just mention the aqueduct already oh, and just get to it? You had to get there eventually between that and I know food is coming later. If not, it's another segment I understand, like but yes. Two more shows. The, I know, but anyway, the aqueduct. Yes, I haven't been on it yet, but I've been filming you on it. So, you know, I've, I work. I had, to, I had to work at that, but I will tell you, that is, it met every level of expectation I had from learning about it Everybody that gets off that thing is just beaming from ear to ear. And they might be wet from ear to ear as well, but it looks like a really fantastic experience. It's what everybody's been talking about since the announcement of the dream has been made. It's one of those things like, how did nobody do this before? Put this first water coaster at sea that, again, was a surprise for me. I thought it was going to be this fast-paced, really rough thing that maybe not little kids or older people, but it's a combination of... An exhilarating e-ticket attraction combined with a lazy river, combined with views that you can... Why are you laughing at me? Just because I'm, I'm beaming about the aqueduct the same way Deb is beaming about the spa. <laughs> I haven't been on the aqueduct either, but I did film some folks yesterday. And, and Becky, you're right. People come off and they are just smiling and laughing and excited. And even yesterday afternoon when the sun started to go down and it was a little chilly, people were like, oh, I can't wait to... These are adults. They were running to get back up the stairs and get back on the aqueduct. You can ride one or two people, and the ride is much different with two than it is with one. You get a little bit faster speed going, and it's a whole different experience. It's just wonderful. Yeah. And you can ride. It's like Big Thunder Mountain. You can ride during the day and a completely different experience at night. Yeah, and that's where I was going. Just looking out there a little bit earlier, you can see the, um, the tubes are lit up, and it really does look like it could be a really cool experience at night. So I think that's something we're going to need to try. Yeah, it's uh, and you're right. People coming off, they might be a little cold because it was a little chilly yesterday, but they are just beaming ear to ear. So, Becky, we have to get the two of you guys I, on the I aqueduct know. on film. Uh, you know, the one thing, it, it, because of it spans four decks, it's 765 feet in length. There is, um, for people with mobility issues, it, you, you do need to be able to walk up right. a number of flights of stairs. Uh, I know a number of people asked me about that as well. But uh, take me with you. I will carry you up, and we will ride the aqueduct together. Uh, I'll film you, Lou. (laughs) There's a heights thing. Okay, there's a moment where you jet out of that thing, and you go off the side of the ship for a minute. And you're, you're like, looking straight down. And it's a long way down. And it's going to take a lot to get me actually on it. I love watching people. Well, I am... I'm so in trouble. I, I am... I am... Saving potentially one of my favorite parts of this for last. And you're wondering why I haven't talked about food yet. Let's stay inside the ship just a minute because there's also there's great shopping inside. Shopping. There shopping are <laughs> Becky's like forget the shopping. Let's get to the no, food. No, no, no. The one thing we haven't really touched on is the animated art. And I gotta tell you, this this is something that has been a huge distraction because it is so fun to watch. And basically, on on different levels, and it's randomly throughout the ship. Where in certain places, you can kind of assume that there's going to be something there. But you walk up to this wonderful piece of artwork, and sometimes it just seems like a picture that's hanging on the wall. If you're standing there admiring it, and it's not motion sensor, so don't feel like you can run past it and something's going to happen. Stand there, admire the picture, and then all of a sudden, it comes to life in one form or another. And several of the pictures do several different animations, and it really is entertaining. It's amazing. That's one of those surprises that get there's 22 pieces scattered throughout the ship, and it's a surprise because you may know that they exist. You may think that you're going to be looking for screens, but even as you get close to it, 
it looks like a piece of canvas. Mm -hmm. um, and each one is themed, and, and again, we talk about the, the details and looking up and around. It's so much carries over onto this ship as well. So each deck, each section of art, um, whether you are forward, midship, or aft, is themed depending on what deck you're on, and the enchanted art will is themed as well. And it doesn't just move, but there's music, there's animation. It's uh, I'm still amazed because no matter how close you get, it doesn't look like a screen. It looks no. like a piece of art. In many cases, it looks like an animation cell that's there, and all of a sudden, this animation cell comes to life. And we even stumbled across one in the Vista Gallery, which has many, many paintings and Disney artwork and some other artwork. And I was I was really excited because it was identical to one of the paintings that was in there. And I thought, wait a minute, we just saw that. And all of a sudden it started moving. There are pieces that interact with each other. There might be two different frame sets that do that. One of the really cool things is there, I don't want to spoil it, but there's two pieces of artwork and the theme is pirates. <laughs> and the soundtrack is from the Disneyland Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And it is very cool how these pieces interact. And, of course, Disney was smart. They put together a little game that you can play, too, to discover these. And I know that you spent a lot of time working with that, Lou, and it really did look like a fun little activity for families. This is one of the things that, you know, I think to a certain degree, like the aqueduct, is, was positioned for kids. And clearly, <laughs> the midship detective agency yeah. was something that kids can go and play on their own. It gives them... Uh, almost a guided tour, lets them explore the ship while playing a game. But as you, we saw the line the other night, there were probably 95% adults, 5% kids who were playing. Some, I think, brought their kids along so they wouldn't be embarrassed, but they grabbed a card as well. Um, we're going to post a video about it. It is a phenomenal, ingenious use of that enchanted art. You go, you are given instructions, and you're given maybe a 5 by 7 uh card as well as a case book and you are uh, directed to go through all the different decks, find some of these pieces of art and try and solve one of two mysteries. Maybe one of some lost puppies, maybe one of some lost art but you've got to not only find the puppies and find the art, you need to find out who did it and solve the case uh, you don't have to do it in any length of time, you don't have to do it all in one day, you can get it on day one and spend three days doing it as you encounter it uh, I just thought it was brilliant, brilliant and fascinating. And again, it's that level of interactivity. It's not a passive experience like just sitting to watch. Uh, and it's something that everybody can do. Yeah, it's very immersive again. And these things that we are so excited about are things that are so simple. I, it's amazing how simple the technology obviously isn't. But the game and coming up with this to, to do the discovery, they just, again, brilliant. Because you're not just walking up to the art and, and looking for a clue or trying to solve you hold your card up, it reads a code that's on the back, and you use your card to interact with the screen. So you may have to push the card forward, you may have to turn it to turn a screwdriver, you may have to use it to be sort of like a night vision thing and then move the card around. Uh, I was completely fascinated. Deb, did you get a chance to see it at all? I watched it a few different times, and I can't wait to try it in the next few days. But it's amazing how it appeals to people of all ages. And I do mean all ages, because I saw some grandpas <laughs> playing with it yesterday, and it was just wonderful. Um, it's also interesting that the Imagineers who worked on the Play For also worked on some of the Enchanted Art, also worked on the Detective Game. Uh, it's like the next generation of Kim Possible 
but on a ship. Uh, very, very interesting, interactive. Again, there is just so much to do on this ship. I've been on six nights now. I have not done it all. I have four more nights to go, and I probably still won't do it all. And yeah, same with me. I was lucky enough to be able to do a couple of cruises before this one. And this is... hold on, can we get some candles over here for the cake for the pity party oh, oh, for these two? Wait, no, hold on. I've been on nine nights, and I have not seen. I have not seen everything. And again, that's that's the one thing that it's, it's, we got to come back again and again and again because there's just so much to see and do here. You need to explore this ship. You need to explore the different decks because in addition to the things you're looking for, like the Enchanted Art, there's so many amazing details that abound, whether it's in the architecture, whether it's in the artwork. Uh, I love the fact that on the ship, they not only combine modern films and modern characters, but tributes to the classics, to Steamboat Willie, to Walt Disney himself, to the theme parks, it's all sort of brought full circle. So no matter what your interest is, you're going to find things that I think are going to very much, again, surprise you. And the overall appearance of the ship is really stunning. It's Art Deco at the next level, above the magic and the wonder. And it begins the moment you step foot on the Disney Dream. Because you'll have that familiar cast member welcoming you and your family to the Disney Dream, but all of a sudden you look up. (laughs) And it's not just two decks above you now. It's this huge atrium with this amazing piece of crystal chandelier that has just hundreds of pieces of Svorsky crystal in it. Uh, You're looking at the Art Deco, the gold in the atrium, the marble on the floors. It it, it is just stunning. And you stand there looking all around. and, and somebody comes and gets you finally and says, here, let me show you where lunch is. Right, because I, I remember walking in for the very first time, and I did what happened on the second time when, all of, when I saw all my friends come in after I'd experienced it myself. And I watched everyone walk in, and they stopped, and they looked straight up, and no one moved. All the jaws hit the floor, and I just saw like 20 people that I know all like turning in a circle slowly, looking all around them at the, at the beautiful design work of the lobby. It's, again, that Disney touch. It's that Disney storytelling. It's the fact that everything you see has a reason. It's been inspired. So the chandelier was inspired, you know, not by something from Disney, but Art Deco jewelry. They took pieces of jewelry, and that's what did it. And you're going to find those kind of touches in some other places as well. Deb, you mentioned lunch. Fine, we'll get around to talking about the dining. You know I don't like talking about food, but, oh, my Lord. Uh, It is... um, you know, again, people hear Disney, if, they've, if they're not familiar, they say, oh, it's going to be nothing but burgers and chicken nuggets. My friends, I think not. Um, even in, let's, we're going to work our way up. Let's talk about some of the family dining experiences. Let's talk about some of the casual dining experiences. Even here on deck, you now have Flo's V8 Cafe. And you've got little stations in there. One's themed to Tomater. One's themed to uh, Fillmore. And you can get everything from seven different varieties of pizza to hamburgers and grilled chicken. There are healthier selections as well. Why, I don't know, but if you want to have a salad or fruit or a wrap or a roll, paninis, paninis, it's all fresh. It's there, and I think it's very good. Cabana's in the aft section of the ship is uh, the casual restaurant that's open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you don't want to go through your rotation, you want to grab something quick. Um, It's not a buffet per se because they use a different, something different, sort of different stations, so you don't have to stand on a buffet line. You sort of just go and pick out what you want. And I have to tell you, I was very impressed with the quality of the food. 
I've been there for breakfast several mornings now, and and the food is actually awesome. And it's it's I just discovered this morning there's an omelet station which I had missed <laughs> the last two mornings, um, but each station really has been plussed up. There's a whole assortment just of cheeses that you can select from, and cold cuts, and salmon, and then of course you have your hot items, and and you have your Mickey everything's <laughs> and uh, and cereals. I mean I can go on and on and on, but there is a breakfast something for just about everybody there. And at the same whole shoot for lunch and dinner. Right. Becky and I were walking around on deck. We were not hungry. I walked by <laughs> someone on deck 11 and I went, ooh, she's got sushi. Next thing I know, we're sitting down and we're having a full-blown <laughs> lunch because there was a sushi station. There was an Italian station, a Chinese, and so much to choose from. And it, again, it, I was very surprised at the quality of the quick service food. Right. And the theming in the space is incredible. It's all, you know, the seagulls from Nemo are all in there. It, 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 it's pretty cool. But one thing I do want to really kind of get into the brains is that it's not a buffet. You don't grab a tray. You don't wait in line. You don't, it, which people don't understand the flow yet of what it is. And so I found a lot of people hanging out trying to wait for someone to move down the buffet line. You have to think of it as like the food court stations in some of the, the moderate resorts, if you're familiar with that. You just go up to the station that you want to choose the food from. Don't wait in line four stations down for someone to move that direction. It's okay. If someone yells at you, they're doing it wrong. You're not. <laughs> and it's huge. I yeah. mean, it's a huge space. You Two can sides. sit out um, in back and, and look over the aft uh, of the ship. Also, when you walk into... If you walk in with your family of four, there's a greeter there who will help you find a table. Say, okay, come on. I got you a table here. Go get your food. You know, he'll help you get your drinks. He'll help you put your stuff down, whatever it is. So you, you, don't, you don't get that buffet right. cafeteria-style like, feel. You don't have that feeling like you're going to have to run in. You, mom has to go grab the table and throw things down while the kids are trying to get in line. It has a much more relaxed atmosphere to it. Did, did I mention sushi? Yes, you did, mentioned okay. sushi. And we mentioned breakfast. Okay. Anyway, so but there's also on the opposite side of deck eleven. There's also a place to get frozen cocktails. There's you can there's self serve ice cream. There's 24 hour beverage stations. So on, you, kids load up on the Coca Cola because it's free and it's out 24 hours a day. Um, and again, there's also the area in the adult section if you want to go in, into the Cove Cafe. There's light snacks in there. One of the things. I found on like day three of the second cruise that I didn't know was the Vista Cafe yeah. on deck five, I four or five, four, I believe, four, four. tucked away in a corner, a little coffee and tea bar with a, um, uh, a refrigerator. Again, with, it either had light sandwiches or it had snacks or sweet treats, of which we <laughs> indulge in many times. But it's one of those little gathering spaces and places to grab a quick bite. Absolutely, and the wireless internet is quite good there as well. (laughs) We've found a lot of people in that area, but you're right. Again, it has all these little couches set up so that small groups can sit, enjoy a cup of coffee, get online, have some squat. I was amazed how quiet it was there throughout the morning, even though it's in the UJ tram. So it is really another treasure on the ship. I agree. And you mentioned wireless internet. You know, we talked about technology it's a double-edged sword. Right. Um, you know, I used to like cruising because it forced you to unplug. Uh, you couldn't call anybody, be like, oh, it's $27 a minute. I can't. I have to go down to the radio room. And, but now, wireless internet is easy. It's relatively affordable. You can buy different packages or go by the minute. If you don't bring a computer, you can go into some of the areas that have terminals that you can... Wow, terminals. I'm dating myself. They have computers that you can stop laughing at me that you can use. Um, 
it's surprisingly good. So if you need to check email, I was able to do a lot more than just that. We live broadcast from here. I've been able to remotely log in to computers at home. So if you feel the need to connect, in our case, to work while you're on board, you can do that, but you shouldn't do that. Um, right. You know, you, you don't want to do that because there is so much to to enjoy here. Yeah, and you're right. It is a double-edged sword. Those minutes go fast, by the way. And I know a lot of people will ask. They do have different packages. The the one that I keep having to buy over and over again is the 250, 250 minutes for $75, which, of course, that is subject to change. Just throwing that out there. But um, don't expect it to be high speed. I just want to make sure to make that clear to everybody. It, it can take some time. It is slow. You don't want to do 18 megabyte pictures back and forth. It's, it's going to kill it. But if you hesitate to go on vacation because you're afraid to be unplugged from everything that's going on in the in the real world don't be because you can be reached in in, in sparingly hopefully so you can actually relax and enjoy your vacation it's better you can reach out and and touch someone if you want but you can still sort of again stay unplugged as hopefully you do so you enjoy the space but all right listen let's get back to the food because that's what this whole thing we've just been leading up to the big payoff at the end Let's talk about family dining uh, because, again, it, Disney uses the rotational dining where you're assigned uh, a different restaurant each night. Your servers will follow you along. So after that first night, they will know you by name. They're going to know what you like to drink, what your kids like, any sort of food allergies that you might have. So that's very um, comforting to know that they're going to be with you the whole way through. There are three main restaurants here. Uh, Animator's Palette we'll get to. We're going to save maybe... Arguably, maybe the best for last. There's the Enchanted Garden. We talk about that use of technology. (laughs) The Enchanted Garden is very much themed after uh, a countryside in France. Uh, Again, us trying to articulate what it looks like and how it changes from morning to night and the fountains inside. Uh, The menu reflects that sort of French inspiration as well. That's where I ate the first night I was here. Again, very impressed with the quality of the food. but I think I spent more time sort of looking around at all the details. Absolutely. The Enchanted Garden is uh, in, it changes from day to night, and there's a slow transition as well when the sun starts to go down. It's very bright and light in the morning. There's flower buds. There's all types of grill work uh, throughout the restaurant. There's actually even a, even a seating area right outside the restaurant in case you're waiting for some of your group to show up for dinner. You don't want to go in by yourself. Um, it, it's it's magnificent. It really is a simple yet magnificent. There's tables, but there are also booths that you can sit in, have a more intimate experience. Uh, ju- just wonderful, and you can have breakfast there. They have buffet set up for breakfast and lunch. Again, the quality of the food is really, really nice. And uh, I have not seen it at night, but I understand that the ceiling turns to evening and stars and the lighting changes, some of the flowers change. So uh, another Disney Imagineer place to eat. If you've been to Versailles, and really, who hasn't, you'll, under, you'll see the inspiration there. <laughs> what I love in particular is the fountain. It's the centerpiece of the room. It really is an impressive. And when you walk through the gates of the garden, you see the fountain in the distance. It, it really does add such a, a, a touch of, of, um, of class to the entire room. I like that space. It's very whimsical. Other than Mickey being on the fountain, you don't get a sense that it's a very Disney-fied no. restaurant. Uh, Royal Palace is the next on the list. It is one that is clearly inspired by Disney's classic films, uh, Cinderella, Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, and you get a sense, but it's very subtle. Um, it's a little bit more 
of an elegant, refined experience. The, you know, you see it from the way the servers are dressed. Again, you talk about that opulent chandelier with Cinderella's glass slippers in it. Completely different feel, but again, you don't feel like you're in Deanna Pecos Bills. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. And the restaurants, of course, the, the ship is a lot larger, so the restaurants need to accommodate more people as well. Royal Palace is done such that they have these areas sort of cordoned off, so you know you're in a large restaurant, but you also have that intimate feel. Uh, you look across and you see, oh, wow, there's a table over on that side. They have beautiful portraits of the princesses uh, around the room. There's artwork uh, all over. There are carvings on each of the chairs reflecting the princesses. I mean, the attention to detail once again is, is just amazing. Yeah, the attention to detail all the way down to the bread basket that looks like the, <laughs> right. the coach from Cinderella. I mean, it, it really was done well. And I, I, it feels very upscale in there. I think it's from the, the servers. Their outfits are uh, like prince outfits. And it, it really is a nice space. And the menus there, again, offer you the opportunity to try something different. So maybe you haven't had, isn't it bison? Don't they have bison in, uh, in Royal Palace? So. Um, they've got a, a variety of seafood dishes. So if you want to try something new, if you want to try two of something, feel free because they will bring you out as much or as little as you'll like. Very, very accommodating, much like Walt Disney World is. If you have a food allergy, whatever it is, you let your server know, and certainly they'll address that too. Absolutely. Um, the first night I was there, the server came and said, all right, someone here has a shellfish allergy. Who is that? And I raised my hand. She said, okay, and we, we talked about it. Did you want the chef to come over and talk to you again, just like it is at Walt Disney World? Very careful. They'll take care of kosher meals, order it in advance, uh, gluten-free. There's all types of special diets that they will do as much as they can to accommodate you. And even on the menu, there's sugar-free options as well, so you don't have to do something special if you just want to watch your weight for some odd reason because you're going to walk it off on the as you on deck 11 uh the third restaurant in the rotation and again on a four-night cruise you'll obviously do one of those restaurants twice uh is animator's palette and that's the one that on the magic and the wonder wows everyone how it turns from a very basic black and white pattern it comes to life and turns colors they have completely changed how animator's palette looks how it feels you feel as though you are in a disney artist studio if for nothing else, the details and the little statues and maquettes and the drawings and the books gives you so much to look at. But again, it's a show and it's a story and the walls come alive. And you know that if you've seen Turtle Talk with Crush in Walt Disney World, he, uh, listen, you're out at sea, you're in Crush's world. Yeah. He happens to come over and swim up to the ship and right up to your table as well. And he is entertaining. But I think that this is the most whimsical of all the spaces. And as you're talking about detail, down to the butter knife, which is in the shape of a paintbrush. All of those little details all over the table, all over the walls, all over the place. And when you descend literally into Crush's world, um, it's very reflective as you watch the screens that are all around the room. There's a lot of surprises throughout the night. And that's one thing I don't really want to talk about a lot because it would spoil what's going to happen to you and for you and with you and around you. And it, it's, it, I want to eat there like every night, <laughs> except for one other place I want to go to, which I know we're going to get to eventually. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you want, we want to leave a lot yeah, of the surprises for really people do. who are listening, who may be cruising or, or thinking about cruising. Right. Um, I ran into that challenge as I was 
preparing to do, you know, I'm going to post a number of videos of some of the experiences. I've, did, I've done one of the aqueduct. And I don't want to reveal too much, you know, but you want to let people know what's coming. Uh, again, if you just spent your time at cabanas and in your rotations and snacking, you're going to have a great dining experience because the food, again, uh, very much more than I think what people expect when they hear Disney Cruise, um, more than the chicken nuggets. However, uh, much like the uh, Cove Cafe and the swim-up bars and the pools and the hot tubs and the district for adults, there's also adults-only dining as well. Those who have been on the Magic and Wonder are familiar with Palo. It's an Italian-inspired restaurant because the Magic and Wonder were built in Italy. They took that inspiration over and created a, an upscale restaurant to reflect that uh, inspiration of where it was built. Obviously, the dream was built in Germany, so, of course, you put in a French restaurant, and that's <laughs> Remy. Um, let's take Paolo first. A lot of people are familiar with it, and I want to sort of lead up to where we're going. Uh, again, Paolo, too, I've, I've had on the Disney Magic and the Wonder, but, again, they've done a lot more, and they've changed a lot, and it's a very different feel, I think, in this Paolo versus the others. It's a completely different feel. It is elegant. I think that's the key word when I sat in there for brunch yesterday. The whole restaurant exudes elegance. The servers are impeccable as they have always been in Palo. And they now have Palo branded wines if you're so interested. Uh, there was a very nice Barolo on the menu. Um, they also, all the food, although similar, is a little bit different. Brunch is the same brunch that you came to know and love on The Magic and the Wonder, but it's plussed up a little bit. The space is very different, um, very contiguous. There's floor-to-ceiling windows. That's where we saw The Magic yesterday as well. And it's, it's an entire experience. It's a dining experience. It's not just the food. It's not just the server. It's the whole thing, the ambiance, the flavors, the scents. Yeah, and again, the food, um, my last name ends in a vowel, so I like my Italian food. The food is very much a, a northern Italian-inspired menu. Uh, the servers are excellent, helping to recommend not just what to pick from the menu, but the wine pairings as well. If you are a wine connoisseur or a wine newbie, they'll help you go through and really make that, like you said, unforgettable. Something else that's new, too, is now, in addition to the indoor area, there's also an outdoor seating area as well, too, that leads into the Meridian Bar. Correct. And I have to go back to Paula for a minute, only to address (laughs) the best thing on the menu, because they did a little change to this. That would be, of course, the chocolate souffle. I don't know. I know. Well, you know, for the the rest of the show is going to have a lot of chocolate theming to it. You just know it. Now, the chocolate souffle, where it used to be served, and they would come up to you with the chocolate or vanilla bean sauce and you would say yes and they would look at you funny and then they would pour both in and walk away they've kind of learned that we kind of like to do these things to them so they're now serving it with both sauces on the plate so you can actually pour in your own (laughs) amount of sauce which is really cool now going to your other point they are going to uh, have an outdoor space right now it is being used by Meridian which is the cocktail lounge that sits between Paulo and Remy um, the outdoor space that they have between Meridian and Paulo will eventually be dining al fresco. It is not as of yet, but it will be eventually. Reason to come back. Yes. And Meridian is, again, Meridian. we keep talking about there's a lot of bars and lounges. Yeah. You will not go hungry or thirsty on this. But Meridian is so 
upscale. It's so well-themed. You talk about the imagineering of a restaurant. It's a well-imagineered space. It's very elegant. Uh, Meridian obviously not only means middle, but sort of Meridian are those invisible lines. And that theme carries through. There's a story to be told there. The bar and the rare cask of, of a little going to go to. Uh, uh, you looked at me like, you know, hey, can you just get that for me? There's like, like this... There is a, a cask of what is it, uh, Louis the Fourteenth, something or other. 13, yeah, 14, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, and it is encased in in this glass cube. And I'm like looking at this, going, why would they put this in this wonderful glass cube? Which I, it, it, I think it's from that movie where uh, you know, where's the Lost Ark? Where you have to pick something up and you <laughs> put something down so that no one realizes it's gone. But what they say, that thing, that bottle is thirty thousand yeah. dollars. Hello. Not in my budget. <laughs> but I will say they do have an absolutely excellent creme brulee martini. And each space, each bar has their signature drink or drinks. But the fact that there's a $30,000 you know, bottle of Louis XIII, and we've talked to sommeliers, there is very much a high-end opportunity if you are a wine connoisseur. Listen, they've got a 1947... Blah, 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 whatever the French word. It's a 1940s. So the bottle that Anton Ego wanted in Ratatouille, they have one of those. And it's incredibly rare. What did he say it was? It was $25,000 for that bottle. And they've got two. And they cannot get any more. If I win the lottery, I still won't buy it. But it's nice to know that it's there if somebody does. Because there are a lot of people who are wine connoisseurs. And they can get that kind of experience here. One of the things I do... You're, you're, you're making me salivate to, as we get to the last I, one. I know. We're almost there. But what I wanted to say about Meridian, it's it, it it's very nice that they did this space. Because before, when you're waiting for Apollo, you're, like, standing out in a corridor. Or you're, there's, like, this small little bench space that you're waiting for your table. Meridian allows you to go in, check in at the podium, walk back, sit, have a cocktail, and relax. And they can come back and get you when your table is ready. It, it really is a nice space for that. There's also a cigar bar located right off of Meridian so that if you want to find cognac or scotch after dinner and want to take oh, your cigar... Great. Tonight, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can do that outside of Meridian. And Meridian does sell cigars there also. And, you know, the thing that it's hard, I think, for people to realize is this is not a Disney-fied version of an upscale restaurant. They are really bringing... You know, sophisticated dining, and you know it's it's. And I sort of went this way, sort of talking about from cabanas and flows up to Remy, because it, on a culinary journey, as much or a little as you like. And Remy, you got the sense when you walk through those doors, you are not on a Disney ship anymore. No, you feel yeah. as though you have been transported to uh, somewhere in France, north, south, doesn't matter. But you get the sense that you are in Paris. You with between the music and the accoutrement and the you like that's the only that was right? bad. So, but the servers and you get such a sense of elegance as soon as you walk the door. Jackets required for men. Trust me, I forgot mine, but they were able to provide. Don't rely on it, but just in case. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was absolutely. Really funny. She looked at you and she said, not a problem. I'll be right back. She came right back in with a, a jacket that fit you perfectly. So I thought that that was pretty impressive. But you're right. You walk through these doors and it's not like you can stand out in the hallway and look in to see what's going on. 
you are really transported from one set of doors, the doors close behind you, and you walk through a, a hallway that has bottles of wine in all directions, and you're really kind of setting the stage. And then they open the second set of doors to the uh, restaurant itself. And just the feel and the smells and the colors and the ambiance really makes you feel like you're in a whole nother world. And not only do they have the wines from the movie Remy, but they also have a number of foods from the from the movie as well, and a lot of the detail, the little sculptures, the, the silverware, everything. Um, the servers took great delight in sharing with us, this is from Remy, and this is from this scene in Remy, and this is from this scene in Remy. And it is a show. It is an entire dining experience. A lot of people, including myself, gulped when they saw that there was going to be a $75 upcharge to dine at Remy's, and that did not include alcohol. But let me tell you, as someone with a very limited palate, I had an unbelievable experience at Remy. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I am so glad I did it. I did not do the wine pairings, but we did have a very nice uh, bottle of wine that was suggested by the sommelier. Um, but the part, Linda, who I was with, is the ultimate foodie, and she just was in seventh heaven trying everything that there was. I mean, they even have tomato four ways, uh, <laughs> including one of them, which was a liquid beverage that was clear tomato juice of sorts. uh, The showmanship, the restaurant, it it, it truly is worth the money if it's within your budget to go experience Remy. The thing that I took away from Remy, first and foremost for me, it was an educational experience. I learned a lot about the food I was eating and the preparation and the wine. There There are two wine list that you can choose from. One is a special French list that has 200 vintages from everywhere in France. There's also Remy's Vault, which is a little velvet box that's presented by a white glove sommelier. It's got sort of the best of the best wines from around the globe, including that 1947 Chateau Cheval Blanc, which is $25,000. But again, they'll also pair wines with you. The thing that was unique, and the reason why I say this was an educational opportunity, Number one is because most of the menu is in French, so I need it explained to me. <laughs> uh, but the way that you order uh, is unique. They do offer uh, two tasting menus. Uh, one is Goo from Chef Scott Hunnell. You'll remember him from Disney's Grand Floridian. And the, God, people who are in France would kill me. Savo, Savo, S-A-V-E-U-R, which is... <laughs> From oh, another French word, <laughs> chef, the two-star Michelin chef. He's from France, and he really knows what he's doing. Trust me. But they sort of advised, and they directed this menu. And you can either do a la carte, or you can choose one of those, and that seven-course meal right. is sort of laid out for you. And this is one of the things that I found very surprising, pleasantly surprising, is that it was as close to a chef table experience as I've ever had anywhere. But what's neat is that you had two different menus to choose from, or you could choose a la carte, which sometimes when you do a chef's table experience, you're just kind of up for whatever the chef feels like preparing for you that day, and it might not match your tastes. So you kind of might have seven courses thrown at you, and maybe four of them were awesome, and the other three weren't really yours, and you just kind of put off to the side. This allows you to choose things that will um, tempt your palate, will allow you to kind of go off into another world if you want to try it, and then come back to something that's familiar if you want to try that as well. So I like the way they've set this up. 
it really is one of the most amazing culinary experiences I have ever had on land or sea. And I have now done three different chef's tables, and this was as close, if not better, than that scenario. So I'm, and for the price compared to what I've paid for at a chef's table, which was well over $200 a person, $75 a person really is a great value. If you're a foodie, it's, it is. You've got to love food in order to truly appreciate it. Uh, the wine pairing that they can do is an additional $99. It's not 99 It's not 99 total. $99 per person on top of it. Again, if you can, if you're looking to do something special, Deb might have to eat. Maybe don't do the spa thing. You do Remy if you're a food person. because Or you do, you know what, do both. Don't you know, worry about the credit card bill when you get home. But we talk about that. We, we keep using the words dining experience. And we, we talk about things like Victorian Alberts. And I've been to Victorian Alberts. And I walked away from that four-hour meal saying it was an amazing experience. I remember the setting. I remember the press pot coffee. I remember the little touches. What I remember, what differs for Remy from me was that as much as I remember the experience of Victorian Albert, here I remember the experience. I also remember the food. I remember how good the food was. I remember learning about the wines and being able to taste the differences in the wines and why they were paired so well. And we sat there for four hours. Um, <laughs> Close after, to the record. Yeah, the we're getting... And we could have sat there for, for long yeah. because that's what you need to do. I mean, that simple course of cheese oh. was just so Seriously. savory. And elect- I just closed my eyes and, and I paired it with the wines and I'm like, this is what heaven feels like. They rolled up this, this cart that was full of how many different cheeses? 12 wow. different cheeses or so? And you can choose just to have certain ones that you'd like, or they kind of look at you and say, or I can give you a little taste of everything. And there he goes, and they they slice off little pieces of the different types of cheeses that go from the rich, creamy goat cheeses all the way up to the harder cheeses as well, and then up to a blue. So they put it in a rotational dial on um, on the plate for you and set it in front of you, and then they'll say, okay, start here. Start here and then work your way around this way clockwise until you end up on the blue cheese. And you'll feel that experience as you work through it. And it really, again, who knew cheese was a show? I mean, come on. (laughs) And, and, you know, it's very difficult to articulate food. It's very difficult to talk about food. It certainly was not (laughs) one that we could have brought the recorder in and done a live because it's not that type of experience. Uh, Because it is not a Disney, it was not a Disney experience to me. No, it and some of the unique flavors that you were familiar with but were blended in the foods in a totally different way. One of the items that was served was a, a ratatouille, a combination of tomato-based and, and various vegetables, and it was flattened on the plate, and on top was a dollop of olive oil ice cream, which sounds really bizarre, but when you the ice cream melted on the ratatouille and, you, and, and the flavors just blended and came to life. And and that's something I would have never in my wildest dreams thought to pair up, but it was awesome. Plus, you mentioned the cheese course. That's not on the menu. There are several surprises in the evening of foods that you're not expecting that come in between what you have ordered. So it is not a short two-hour in-and-out experience. It is definitely a show, and it is a, an experience to savor. Yeah. And like And like Paolo? They Paula now Paula too is, is a twenty five dollar additional charge. Uh, they are hot tickets. Um, they are the you know Cinderella's royal table breakfast of the Disney Cruise Line industry. Very very difficult to get. People ask, well, what night should I get? Re-? 
any night that you can. Yes. Any night that you can get, Paolo or Remy, I, I, you know, I don't want to say it's worth missing a show for if you need to. It's worth, because if that's, if, if your kids are in the club and you and your wife or whomever it might be, a group of friends want a, an exceptional experience, that's where you're going to have it. You're going to have a celebration here. I mean, if it's your anniversary, if it's your wedding, if it's just you want to have a romantic night together, take this, definitely. And if you do have to choose, say, say you are lucky enough to get the choice, I would probably make it a night that it's either the double night where you've got two restaurants together if you're on the four night. If you um, have to choose, I would say take your Royal Palace night or your Enchanted Garden night because you can experience lunch in those locations so you can experience those restaurants. But any night you can get it. If you're a foodie, wine person, this is a must-do. I mean, all the way down to the uh, from the beginning when they they mix this cocktail for you from the movie, which that's the first thing they hand you, all the way down to the dessert course with that cheese beforehand, the meat that the Australian... Uh, can you say it again? I can't say it. Wag... Wagyu? 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 Seriously. I I have better luck with the French names. One of the best pieces of beef I have ever had. Again, and Deb, you know me. I'm not a red wine person. And when they gave me that red pairing, it's like, okay, Lou, here you go. This one's all yours. But I took the taste and I took the sip and I went, wow, okay. Now I see how this is supposed to go together. But then you get, of course, to the dessert. (laughs) all about the dessert they i chose a chocolate there was a shocker a shocker yes exactly i chose the chocolate and of course it was this wonderful crisp little chocolate uh dark chocolate mousse that had gold leaf on it and it came it was accompanied by another type of chocolate mousse that was on this i was in chocolate heaven you're salivating on the microphone please it again can we go now we can't go up there and see if there's any you can't um you, you can't sort of articulate well enough. It, we we obviously give it our... our if you yeah. can do it. If it's something... If yes. you're looking for something extra to do, that's the way to do it. Uh, you know, we, we've talked at length about a lot of things that we found on the ship. We really haven't scratched the surface because there is a lot more. And there's a lot more that I'd love to give as far as people, as far as tips, because there's things that they should know when they go on. Note to self, there are no irons in the room, nor can you bring one, but there is a laundry room. Where you could just sort of hang your shirts in the shower like I did. There's one other thing I do want to mention, too. Another change that I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see. For a lot of people that I work with, a lot of my clients wonder if, is it worth it to go up into the, the V category or the concierge categories? And they have done a change on this ship that is really nice. They actually have a concierge lounge that's available to concierge guests. And it is a, another little plus-up that they've added. They didn't have a lounge on the Magic of the Wonder. Here you can go in. You can have snacks in the morning. Coffee is served for you. You can grab um, wines and beers in there as well. Sodas are available. And then you have the concierge staff who's there to take care of any needs you might have. If it's uh, seeing if you can get a reservation for Remy or seeing if you can get into Apollo or helping you with your activities or, of course, um, uh, helping you book one of the, the cabanas on Castaway Key. There's all kinds of services they can allow you for. If someone had asked me on the Magic or Wonder if it was worth going up in the concierge, I'm, I was kind of on the fence. It totally depends on the individual client. This really does help uh, tip the scales a little bit towards, yes, there's a lot of additional services you can get. And again, it sort of evidences the fact that you can you know, try and come and go as inexpensively as your budget will allow, but you can also go as high-end as you want. You don't need to go to a different line or, or the south of France for that. 
you can have it here. Uh, and again, there's a lot more. You mentioned Castaway Key. You know, we talk about things not being the journey, it's a destination. Here, it's all about the journey. Um, I said it before, I feel even more so now. Once I got on board, the ship could have sat in port and done circles, <laughs> and I would have been fine. The ship does go to Nassau. It also goes to Disney's private island, Castaway Key. I think what I found is that for a lot of people, maybe because it's the dream, not a lot of people got off in Nassau because there's so much to do here. Note to self also, best time to ride the aqueduct is the day if you're going to stay on board is when uh, you go to port. We can talk at length about what's going on at Castaway Key because there is so much to do for kids. There's their own private play area. There's stuff for families. There's biking. There's so many water activities. There's a private adult beach as well. If you want to sort of get away, the cabanas bring that up to a whole nother level. It is your own little private, and I think there's only, what, there's maybe 10 or so on the family beach and maybe 10 or 12 or so on the adult beach. The amenities in there are exceptional. If you want to sort of have that without having to running and getting a table, getting a uh, an umbrella and a lounge chair, they can do that. And again, you sort of forget. You know, we need a whole new segment. I, I think I know, I can feel how much time we've been talking about this, and we have just scratched the surface. So again, we could do a whole segment just on Castaway Key. We could do a whole segment just on on food and beverage on board. We could do a whole segment on what the kids do. There's so much to experience here. It's it's very, yeah, we got to come back. We just stay. Summer, Deb, <laughs> if you can, you know, summarize your your experience or your thoughts going forward about the dream. Uh, the dream really brought to life for me the Disney elegance, the Disney theming, technology, innovation, imagineering. Um, and I know I talked a lot about the adult areas. I don't have children. I typically travel just with adults and really made to feel special on this ship where I did not on the other ships. Um, but as we have talked, it's elegant. It's absolutely elegant. And I think that's the one thing that, that strikes you in this a theming throughout every single deck on this ship. Uh, definitely worth a trip. Uh, absolutely. And it offers three, four, and five night cruises. Honestly, on a three-night, I, I wouldn't recommend it unless that, that fits into your work schedule and your budget schedule because three nights you're barely going to scratch the surface as we have here in the last hour or so. You know, you definitely want to go four or five nights. And it, it helps me also look forward to the fantasy, which is the sister ship coming out in a year, which will have seven-night cruises. <laughs> and, it, you know, you mentioned it's elegant, but it's also fun. Yes, it has yes, definitely been absolutely. a fun few days, you know, on board. And I think this ship is, the, like you said, this is the first one that I really feel adults can, can come on board without a family and really experience it without feeling. A lot of people come to us and they'll say, well, it's a Disney ship. Isn't it going to be just the theme park and all you're going to have is a bunch of kids running around like mad and characters everywhere? This is the first real ship that I have walked onto and felt like I'm an adult. I could partake in those things if I'd like to. However, there are spaces, there are dining experiences, there are pools, there are spa experiences just for me. And I don't feel like there are children running everywhere. It really is a wonderful experience. I'm in a unique position from the two of you because I do have a family. I've experienced it traveling with my family. On this, I'm traveling solo, although we're spending really back in an inordinate amount of time together, usually <laughs> eating or at the district. So from a family perspective, it was fun. And we had a lot of those moments that you get in Disney World where it's, oh, my, you know, oh, I can't believe this is that Disney touch. That's that Disney surprise that's making you cry because you see 
the reaction on your kid's face and the family time you get to spend together without having to worry about driving anywhere or going anywhere or anything else like that. As a solo traveler, I had my alone time if I wanted it, but I was able to meet a ton of people, whether it was at Cabanas in the morning because Becky was oversleeping or at Evolution at night because I was, you know, I had my groove on, so I was out there. <laughs> um, and as adults, too, we talked about the experience that we're having and that elegant sort of enjoyable, relaxing type of cruise. Um, and that's why I said... I think there's something for everybody, depending on however you want to cruise. Wherever you want to cruise doesn't matter because the, 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 the magic really is in the ship itself. So technology, surprises, elegance, fun. Um, once again, it has it all. I'm going to post a lot more videos. I'm sure you can find a lot more over at Deb's really world-renowned. Is, does anybody not know about allears.net? Probably not. But if you want to book, of course, your trip on the Disney Dream Oh, mousefantravel.com. <laughs> Becky Mankin, wow. listen. Um, Seriously? You know what, though? Because the experience begins with the booking process. That's when you start yes. getting excited. And I'm not saying it because you're sitting here, sort of. But you help sort of bring that Disney experience. You make the process so easy. And you're there to answer a lot of the questions that you couldn't get with book on your own. And that level of personal service is really what makes the experience truly magical from beginning to end. Well, thank you. And I will tell you that this this ship is a little bit more difficult to book because the cabin locations, some of them have challenges, so you do want to talk to somebody who's been on board or who does know. And, of course, I, the, the selfless, shameless plug, we charge no fees. For those of you who don't know this, we charge no fees for booking with us. You get all of our service, no additional fees. You pay... Uh, uh, what Disney will charge you or less, depending on the codes that we can find that Disney won't give you. So we're here to help you. Our agents have been on board. We were here for three nights during a conference to experience all there was to experience on board so we could help really speak to it from personal hand, first-hand experience on the show. And chances are, if you book the Disney Dream, chances are Deb or Becky will probably be on here anyway. <laughs> so you can just go right up to them, talk to them at Cove Cafe. Well, but yeah, we're... we're one thing I will tell you is, is thanks for the plug. Now I might actually show you where stateroom is going to be in three weeks. <laughs> I have to find the Outlook bar. I haven't even found that yet. But, yeah, for planning your vacation, there is no better place to go than allears.net. For Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, all of your questions are there. There's everything from menus to blog posts to photos to, I think I mentioned the menus. Obviously, you spend. We see where I spend all my time. Restaurant photos. Restaurant photos. Oh, oh, the sacrifices we make for uh, the readers and listeners. But again, for planning, go to allis.net. For for booking, go to Mousefan Travel, and um, for for dining, go to Remy. So, there we go. Um, Deb, Becky, thanks so much for not only taking time out of the cruise to sit and share the experience. Hopefully, answer some of the questions for the listeners, but to make the last four days truly memorable. It's been fun sharing it with you guys. It's been great sharing it with you as well. We've, we've had a lot of bonding time in evolution. <laughs> it's been an awesome night just sitting here recapping Lou and Becky and I just want to thank you very much for having me on and I, I can't wait to experience this with a lot of our fans. Uh, you're going to have a great time in February. And we need to get out of the hot tub because I'm pruning <laughs> at this point. So this Speedo is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. <laughs> They're still going to be expecting that going down the... No. 
That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in. I also want to thank again my guests, Deb Wills and Becky Mankin, and all the wonderful new friends I met at sea, including so many crew members of the Disney Dream. I look forward to seeing all of you that are going to be joining us in just a couple of weeks on the WDW Radio Cruise. I literally stepped off the Dream just a few hours before recording this, and I can tell you that I missed the ship already and cannot wait to go back. If you are going to be cruising with us, or if you're still thinking about it, there is still plenty of room. Stay tuned to WDWRadioCruise.com for more updates about some things we have planned for onboard. Hopefully you've started working on your flag for the first of many contests that we're going to be having while at sea. And you've ordered your shirts from CafePress.com slash WDWRadioCruise. Again, all this information can be found at WDWRadioCruise.com. I've already posted a video of the aqueduct. Many more videos to come in the next couple of weeks. Like I said, I literally just stepped off the ship. Now the editing process has begun. A lot that I want to share with you as far as video as well as the audio from this week's show. You can find the videos either in your iTunes feed if you're subscribed to the show. You can also go to www.radio.com, click on the videos tab there, or subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash wdwradio. Over at wdwradio.com, there is so much more than just the podcast. Don't forget that you can get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, as well as my audio guides to Walt Disney World. These are guided walking tours of Walt Disney World's secrets, history, trivia, overlooked experiences, and incredible details. You can get Main Street, Adventureland, Fantasyland, Mickey's Toontown Fair, and Liberty Square either on CD or as instantly downloadable MP3 files that you can put on your iPod or MP3 player. If you buy all five on CD, there is a special offer going on right now. Again, you can find all those over at www.radio.com. Click on the shop button in the top right-hand corner of your screen. Don't forget, too, I want the show to be interactive. I want to hear from you in whatever way you like best. So if you want to email me, you can get me at lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail toll-free at 888-703-2171. You can also come by the website over at www.radio.com. There you can sign up for our free email newsletter. you get links to connect with me over at Twitter. I'm at, at Lou Mangello. At Facebook, you can join the friend page at facebook.com slash wwradio. There's also links to LinkedIn, friend feed, easily, easy ways to subscribe to the show in iTunes or the RSS feed. Lots more. There's also blog posts, photo galleries, videos, and don't forget, too, about our discussion forums. You can be part of the WW Radio family and community and talk with other Disney fans in a fun, friendly, very safe environment, good for the whole family. You can find those at www.radio.com slash forums. Don't forget that in addition to the podcast and the videos, I also have the WW Newscast every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, where you can join us every week for a live interactive news show covering Walt Disney World. You can be part of the video broadcast and discussion, talk about the news real-time in the chat room. If you can't make the show live, still want to catch up on the news, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. The videos of the newscast usually go up late Wednesday night, or you can also get the audio-only version in the iTunes feed. Speaking of the show and iTunes, if you are a relatively new listener to the show, welcome. I hope you are enjoying what you're hearing. And if you want to go back 
all the old episodes, all other 206, including all the videos, newscasts. You'll find those archived and are always available both on the website over at www.radio.com. Just click on the podcast link. You can also find all the old episodes in iTunes. And if you want to go back, most of the shows are evergreen. They include interviews, reviews, Wayback Machines, trivia, lots, lots more. Again, you can search through on iTunes or on the website. Maybe find something that interests you in one of the older shows. Don't forget, too, to come by celebrationspress.com. Find out more, subscribe, and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine. The 15th issue is out. It features stories on everything from The Tree of Life to Yeehaw Bob, Dino Land, The Making of Finding Nemo the Musical, the stories behind the stories of Pleasure Island, Dinosaur, lots, lots more. If you're a subscriber, it should be coming in your mail any day now. If not, again, check it out over at celebrationspress.com. It's put out by Tim Foster and myself and a host of wonderful, incredible contributors and photographers that really make the magazine something uh, that I think Disney fans will enjoy. If you're going to be in Walt Disney World, don't forget to try and come by one of the WDW Radio Meets of the Month. Every month, I and other WDW Radio listeners and friends get together somewhere in Walt Disney World, sometimes in a theme park, maybe at the boardwalk, downtown Disney, wherever it is, just a casual gathering of friends. Whether you've been there before or it's your first time, anyone and everyone is welcome. The next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, February 26th. It is the day before our cruise on the Disney Dream. I thought this time we would do it outside of a theme park for those guests that maybe don't have a theme park ticket. So we're going to meet at the Boardwalk Bakery. We'll meet around 9.30 or so. Uh, sit there for a couple of hours. You can have some breakfast, some coffee, and again, just a chance to meet up and chat a little bit again. No theme park admission is required. You also don't need to RSVP, but if you like, please come by the Facebook event page. You can find out more information. You can also find a link to the Facebook event page where you can let us know that you're coming by checking out DisneyMeets.com. In addition to the February meet, It'll give you information about upcoming meets of the month and other meets outside of Walt Disney World and, and other special events. we got things planned for Destination D and Walt Disney World coming in May of this year. We have our Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic Tour. We are down to the last two spots, and then it will be completely sold out right before the D23 Expo in August, which we'll be back at again. We're going to have a tour that includes backstage at Jimmy Kimmel. We're going to go to the Jim Henson Studios, a private tour of Walt Disney Imagineering, a private tour of the Walt Disney Studios, some of Hollywood's other famous landmarks. We're going to go behind the scenes over at Disneyland, tour the El Capitan Theater. There's lots, lots more to, to, to do and see. Again, a great way to lead right into the D23 Expo in Anaheim. For more information, I'll put a link in this week's show notes, which you can find over at www.radio.com. Look for the podcast box right on the homepage or click on the podcast tab and then click on this show's episode number, which is 207. You'll find a link there for more information about our Adventures by Disney tour. Speaking of things that are coming up next year and beyond, the Walt Disney World Marathon was just a couple of weeks ago. We all had a great time, whether we were there to cheer or those of you who are out there running. This past year, we put together the WDW Radio running team. We all are already planning many more events and a lot more uh, in Walt Disney World for next year. We'd love for you to be a part of the team, whether you are an athlete or whether you are there to cheer. You can visit wdwradio.com 
slash running. We've already doubled in just the, the couple of weeks since the marathon, the number of team members who are going to participate next year. A lot of good comes out of it, not the least of which is raising money for the Dream Team Project, where we do fundraising specifically for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America to sponsor wishes of children with serious illnesses so they can go to Walt Disney World. We just sponsored a wish over Marathon Weekend, and I can tell you it was an experience that is unlike any other. So there's so much good that can come out of joining the running team. Again, for more information, visit www.radio.com running. Thanks once again to my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Again, as you know from this segment, Becky is my official and recommended travel provider. Her and her team have exceptional service, offering you the best discounts and so much more. You can find out more over at mousefantravel.com. If you're looking for a vacation home, maybe something that has a private pool, a spa, kitchen, game rooms, multiple master bedrooms, and lots more, within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World, be sure and check out allstarvacationhomes.com. And if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World, one of my favorite places to stay is over at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. In addition to the heavenly beds, my wife loves the Mandara Spa, but really, it's the 17 world-class restaurants and lounges, including Todd English's Blue Zoo, Shula's, Il Molino, Kimono's, and lots more. A lot of special Disney benefits there as well. You can check them out over at swananddolphin.com. That is going to do it. I'm sure I am forgetting something, but as always, my friends, and like I said, you are my friends, whether we have met or not yet. If you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share it on Facebook. Post it in your blog or come by. Review the show over in iTunes as well as the free WDW Radio iPhone app. So with that, my friends, thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. I really do appreciate it. So until next time, remember to take those first steps towards pursuing your passion and following your dreams. And once you do, always always keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks again for listening. See ya. Good morning, Lou Manzello, and I'm hoping you're having a wonderful time on the Disney Dream inaugural ride. And we have one month, one month, until the WDW radio cruise. This is Darlene from Buffalo, New York. Hey, guys. Next Seven. Yay, cool kids. I am so excited. I am busting at the scenes today. I've got a smile across my face. I am so thrilled. Actually, the weather's not bad here. A little busting of snow, not too bad, but I'm ready for that aqueduct, and I'm ready for the warm weather. So see all you guys and all my tweets coming up in one month. Bye, guys. Hey, Lou, this is Jen and John Stevens from Colorado, and I'm heading down to Florida to start my Walt Disney World internship starting in January. Hope to see you down there, and I can't wait. Take care. Hey, Lou, it's the Stevenses from Colorado. Just got back from a uh, short visit down to Walt Disney World. We actually drove down there, and I flew back, got in last night. Purpose of the trip was to bring the daughter Jennifer down to move her in, get her set up, and get her started on her Disney internship. Uh, and she is going to be doing merchandising over in the Contemporary Resort. She is so excited, so fired up, and doing exactly, exactly what she wants to do. 
So if you ever go over there and do a DCI or a review on Chef Mickey, you and everyone else needs to go by and just say hi to her and meet her. She's a wonderful kid. She really is. She's kind of like you, Lou. She thinks the starting point for everything is excellence, and then it's your responsibility to make it better from then on. Take care, friend. Thanks for all you've done for our family. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy your Disney dream.